0: Hello and welcome to the St Martin's Football Show. We're on today's show. We'll have a cup special, looking back at the FA Cup third round and the League Cup semi-finals. I'll be joined then by Tottenham fan Max Noon, uh, a League Cup semi-finalist, but um, and our next guest didn't have a team in the League Cup semi-finals. Um, Lloyd, the Arsenal fan. Um, we'll get straight into it then. Um, on today's show, we'll be looking back at two FA Cup shocks: a top European team in playing in someone's back garden in Crosby. And that's how he started making his debut for an EFL team against a Premier League team. So we started off with the FA Cup on Friday, a youthful Aston Villa. And I mean youthful as in some of the Aston Villa players had their parents drop them off of the ground because they weren't old enough to drive. So they had four age 17 players, seven under 23 players after a COVID outbreak at Aston Villa meant their manager, Dean Smith, and the whole of the first team had to self-isolate. So it was a bit gutting for... Um, Aston Villa And it didn't start really well really As expected Marnie scored his first FA Cup goal After four minutes And then Louis Barry who We'll talk about a bit later Scored a brilliant strike In the 41st minute um, And a lot of people thinking Could we possibly have extra time Or penalties Or even a big cup upset But it didn't seem um, That way Junior Wijnaldum scored in the 60th minute And then Marnie scored his second In the 63rd And Salah wrapped it up In a brilliant finish In the 65th minute um, as well so obviously as we said Aston Villa's age was 18, um, 18 years and 294 days were you impressed on how well and they did I'm not going to say that they were brilliant but you know how, how well they kept Liverpool out for a bit Lloyd uh,
1: yeah I think, I, definitely I, I think I would say that they were brilliant as well especially that first half. the way they defended against them it was amazing really Like they completely nullified one of the best teams in the world Like, obviously, second half, the floodgates did open a bit, but that was obviously expected. Like, you are playing, basically, an under-21 team against the Premier League champions. Like, it was going to happen. But I think they did amazingly well to keep them out.
0: Yeah, as you said, it did did take till, uh, realistically, the second half to get on top of them, which, as we said, they they had no experience. They were full of academy stars that have played in, what, the under-18 Premier League and the under-23s. Um, but you know, one player that did shine. I, I knew about him before and only through like BBC Sport and Sky. Uh, Louis Barry. For you that don't know him, he's an England under seventeen striker. Um, he He came through the ranks at West Brom. Was he at West Brom, and then he joined Barcelona for eight hundred eighty thousand. Um, he turned down the likes of PSG, Bayern Munich, Man United. Um, I think a few other Man City and Arsenal. I think a few were reported as well. Um, And then he joined Barcelona, didn't really get going for him in, was it the C or B teams as well, he played a a few appearances for. And then he had more offers to go back to the the likes of PSG Juventus and um, Bayern, but he went to Aston Villa instead. Um, He scored six goals at the under-18 levels so far. Um, And this was his first goal at the, what, senior level as well. Um, And to be fair to him, it was a brilliant strike. Were you impressed with Louis Barry, Max?
2: Yeah, obviously, what is he? Seventeen years old. Um, yeah. And to be scoring against, I mean, it, it was a relatively strong um, side, I think, for Liverpool. Yeah, no, to be scoring at all, you know, versus a side like that as uh, a seventeen is very impressive.
0: And um, obviously, we'll talk about another youngster scoring for you a lot later. But um, a lot of people have said now he scored what seven in seven goals and ten appearances for England under sixteen. He's obviously performed really well against Liverpool. Do you think? Maybe this January could get a, a loan move, loan move to a an EFL team to maybe get experience up. Or do you think he'll stay at what they're under-18s or under-23s?
2: I could definitely see him looking for a move or a loan move, but I mean he hasn't been uh, at Aston Villa for a particularly long time, maybe half a season now. So I could imagine maybe even him getting more first-team appearances and perhaps waiting until the summer to to go out on loan summer.
0: Yeah, a youngster from what, a few miles just down the road in Sutton Coldfield as well. So he was um, another player that did perform then um, that I think Michael Owen mentioned it as well. Benjamin um, Casino, he was the youngest of them all, just 16, just turned 16 actually a few um, months beforehand as well. So, like we said, Aston Villa really did give a, a good account of themselves. But have we got to praise Liverpool as well? Um, Lloyd, to be fair to him, that they were very professional okay they knew in advance they were going to start the likes of um louis barry and a few other youngsters as well that we didn't really know about but you know liverpool did start the likes of what salah Mane as well they had did they have wyam and henderson i think did Henderson play as well so they had a few other experienced players but we gotta really say that they were very professional and a bit respectful that they didn't really celebrate against you know when they scored the four
1: goals uh yeah i I do think it was good from liverpool i think it it was good from clark as well because they needed to go out like they're doing a very bad run of form at the moment they really needed to go out and score some goals and that's really what they did i think as well like they did they did all the shit swaps as well like they just acted really well about it and i I think they do deserve some credit
0: I think Louis Barry had a moment where he swapped shirts with Fabinho, um, and then his coach told him to go and get it back to keep it. Obviously, his first senior goals and appearance. during so in the end, he got to keep um, the two shirts as well. But you know, definitely players for the future. And I suppose Liverpool played their what under 18s last year against Aston Villa um, in the League Cup when they were at what were they Qatar in the Club World Cup, and now yeah. pretty much a year later, it's, it's vice versa now as well. So. Um, but you know, it was a very incredible performance from Aston Villa. And then it was another game on Friday. Wolves beat Crystal Palace, one nil. Triore actually scored um it was a brilliant strike really in the thirty-fifth minute, which got um well put Wolves into round four. It was a, a brilliant left footed drive from outside the box. That's his first goal since the twenty seventh of February in two thousand and twenty for the Spain winger. Um and again we will also talk about more first teams later, but it was a a really, you know, strong Wolves team that probably the best it could be. Maybe a few other changes well. and they dominate possession. But Crystal Palace, who made nine changes, um, I think only one of the Premier League teams that did make a lot of changes. They didn't even have a shot on target as well. So it was really disappointing for Roy Hodgson. And then Saturday, there was loads of games at 12 and quarter past 12, live on um, BT and the Red Button. One of them was Bournemouth. They lost at home to Millwall 2-0. Kenny Sahore was on loan from... Um, West Brom and of the ex-Cardiff as well. Alex was a known him really well. Um, Bournemouth, as we said, National League side. So they were hoping for an upset against the championship team, but they didn't quite come there. Everton beat Rotherham 2-1. Senec Tossan, who came in for Calvert-Lewin after he was injured, um, made a good impression. He scored after, what, nine minutes? And then Rotherham did come back into it in the 56th minute and took it to extra time. But um, James Rodriguez, who just come back from injury, put in a brilliant football to the core to get um, Everton or put Everton into to round four and their hopes of winning what a first major trophy since nineteen ninety five um, on course to do that. Luton beat Reading one nil the the first time they've reached the fourth round of the FA Cup since two thousand thirteen. Norwich beat Coventry two nil, two goals in eighty seconds. Um, helped Norwich get through there. They were much-changed squad as well from their championship win. Nottingham Forest beat Cardiff 1-0. Lyle Taylor, brilliant volley, the first goal of the day. Cardiff had won their last six visits to the city ground, but lost to a Forest team that had eight changes in. They had a lot of possession, though. But, you know, Alex said to me before, he was expecting Cardiff to go through, considering that, what well, Forest had lost, they last seven of their nine FA Cup matches. Um, as well in the third round. And I think maybe they reached a quarter final a few years ago when they lost to... No, they beat I think they beat you a few years ago, didn't they, in the, the third or fourth round, Lloyd? Yeah, um, I, think so. So I think Yeah, so since then, they haven't really been um, <laughs> an FA Cup team, we'll call it. Uh, the big upset, well, we could call this an upset, um, considering it was the championship team. Chorley beat Derby 2-0. Um, Derby like Aston Villa had a lot of changes They didn't have Wayne Rooney their manager They had a standing manager Pat Lyons Who I think was in charge of the academy They didn't really have any Or they didn't have any first team players And um, they lost 2-0 to Chorley Max is that Do we call that an upset Considering Chorley playing National League North And Derby playing the the, What the championship as well But they're under 18s I think I did look into this They did reach the the UEFA Youth League, which is effectively the Champions League for, for youth teams in the quarterfinals. So do we call that a, a shock, do you think?
2: I mean, you have to say so. I mean, Derby are definitely, you know, a team. I mean, I think regardless of who's playing or what's happening, you know, size of a club like Chorley, being a team, a club like Derby, who are very big, I mean, despite doing relatively poorly in the championship, they're still a, obviously a bigger size, a bigger team. So, yeah, I think it, you could definitely call that an upset.
0: And it was um, really impressive to be fair to them as well. They had a few good goals and they were the, the better team and they held out um, well, a good derby team to be fair to them. They had a lot of didn't have that much experience as well. And it was most they didn't have most of their first team as we said. All oh, their under twenty three sides who again like in Villa it was under 16s and under eighteens as well. And I think the best bit of that was surely um, I don't know whether you saw it. They did their rendition of Adele. As they've done in their um, tradition in this year's FA Cup, since the qualifying round to get through. But how good is it, Lloyd, to have a, a non-league team in round four, considering what was it three years ago? You beat Luton in round five, and then Sutton, no, round four or five was, and then Sutton in the, the following round when that fi- famous Pite in goalkeeper um, was involved. Sure? So that's it. That's... That how good is it, well, or jokes to have like a, a non-league team in in round four, maybe go further.
1: Uh, it was great it is, it's the whole thing of the cups about you know it is the magic of the cup wasn't these teams well go really far and then like getting all the funds from all the viewing like obviously normally you have all the fans in the stadiums as well, well i think like a, f- a few teams have also done the like online donations yeah which people have contributed to which has really helped them like it, it is amazing it's a great opportunity for the club and like i said like i i not really sure if it's happened, but if some team from like the Nations League does go and get to the semi final to the final, even like imagine what that'd do for them. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's amazing, it's, it's what the Cup's all about.
0: And like you said, like we said, Luke Lincoln um, proved that a few years ago when they beat Burnley in round three, they knocked that a few teams. and did it when um, they beat Leeds and everyone was expecting Leeds, nice easy pass through, and then they shot them and then. Obviously, they, they lost to you on, um, you know, I think in, it might be in the court no, not the fifth round, the sixth round, I think it was. um Obviously, one of the main incidents was I was up high and goalkeeper, as we said. Um, yeah, but there like, is the magic of the can We'll talk more about a, a non-league team later. um Doncaster caused an upset League One team beating championship. They won away at Blackburn 1-0. Big Sam then returning to Blackpool that first, giving him his managerial job. They lost. Uh, 3-2 on penalties after draw, 2-2 after extra time. Um, Yates put Blackpool ahead in the 40th minute. Ajari scored in the 52nd minute. Before Gary Medin, scored in the 66th minute. Another ex cardiff player scoring in the FA Cup this weekend. And then um, Mateus Pereira scored an 80th minute penalty as well. But it wasn't enough to beat um, Blackpool. Do you think that the big slam now and... Um, and West Brom then we talked how big their job has been um, to stay up and out you know with the transfer window they brought in what Robert Snodgrass and maybe a few more additions is it big is it the biggest task that Big Sam's ever had in his managerial career do you think Max?
2: You could definitely sit up there because obviously he's exceeded um, in all the jobs the he's had obviously keeping the, keeping teams up and I think this is looking like it's going to be very difficult to do and I think it's down to just the side not having the the quality, and um, in terms of you know the sides that he's taken over, you could definitely say it's one of the worst. So yeah, I'd probably it's, it's definitely a good um a good shout to say that it's 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 one of the hardest jobs he's had. I just don't think the side is good enough to stay up, um, and he'd really have to do a good job to to make that happen.
0: Yeah, now, we said about talk probably more about in the transfer shows we're doing the next few weeks, but Robert Snodgrass, obviously they signed him from West Ham. Um, this week as well, I think it was it a free transfer as well his contract was up at the end of the season. Do you think that's a good signing for West ham
2: um, yeah, I mean, I think he's shown moments at West Ham, but obviously it didn't work out. He's obviously getting on a bit now, and um, I suppose experience is very useful in a relegation uh, battle. um, you'd expect maybe some defenders, obviously they're interested in Tompkins, so yeah, they definitely need to do more business, but it's not the worst possible signing, especially for relatively cheap price as well
0: yeah we'll talk about some more of the deals um, when we do the transfer shows and the upcoming shows as well um Bournemouth beat Oldham 4-1 a game that was meant to be held at Oldham but due to a frozen pitch instead of it being postponed they got moved to the Vitality Stadium and Bournemouth impressed I think Josh King got two goals as well another player being linked to the Premier League Sheffield United avoided a banana skin at Bristol Rovers winning 3-2 um, that's what, six months now without a win. Um, it's their first win, as we said, since they beat Chelsea 3 0 on the 11th of July last season. Um, it, it was
1: Chris Walters' 100th win. Was,
0: um, um, I was, yeah, you just took the words out, His oh. 100th win. He was sat on 99 wins for, for six months, <laughs> which must have been um traumatic win. him. But do do you, think do you um feel a I don't know. He might have, because what I seem to find is these players, like in their interview, um, you know, when they say about a stat they've broken a record of goal scoring and like Harry Kane seemed to do it at the start seemed he was breaking records every weekend. It does make you wonder, are they in the change room beforehand, are they really thinking about thinking, Oh, if I scored today I could break this stat, I could become a rec scorer, I could get my hundredth win as a manager, I could score my hundred could you think they really are thinking about them stuff. I don't
2: know. I don't know about maybe Chris Wilder doesn't seem like the type, but maybe like a Ronaldo or a Messi or something. Maybe not those. I the, bet you know, you're kind too. of yeah, yeah, the Ronaldo, the kind of players who are maybe who are a little bit more egotistical. I don't think Chris Wilder is that the kind of guy.
0: But do you think now he's got obviously a win in the FA Cup, his first win of the season? Do you think they'll they'll kick on in the Premier League now, Lloyd?
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. 'Cause they've obviously had a genuinely horrible start, like the way starting but in history. So I think I think they will improve on here. Because, well, when you're at Walkbomb, you can't really go anywhere else but up. But but I, I, I don't really see them going on I, I still see them get relegated. But hopefully they'll pick up more than like two points. Yeah, I think uh, I think like they really haven't been that bad. Like if you actually no. want to they're like they, they just get really unlucky every single game. They can't finish and they can't really defend as well either.
0: And they always seem to lose by that one goal or that late goal. Leicester to prove that when Vardy, okay, they weren't going to win the game, but Vardy scored that late goal. Um, they didn't play bad against us. Obviously, we deserved the three points a few to go, but they haven't been playing um and that bad now. And as, as we film this now, I think they are playing Newcastle, and they have been quite dominating in in this game as well and they could finally get their um, victories I think I think there was a joke as well that Blackpool and Crawley have won more games against Premier League teams than Sheffield United this year and they've only played <laughs> them once in, uh, in the FA as well but you know for Sheffield United you've definitely got a hope and, and for their fans to be hoping that you know if for example they beat Newcastle we'll talk more about on the next show or you know even some of their upcoming games I haven't got their upcoming games in front of me now but you know, they probably have to win quite a lot between now and the end of February, middle of February, if they did have, you know, any chance. But saying that, it's a crazy Premier League good year They could probably go on and, and finish top ten, where it's going. Um, as well, there was almost another Premier League upset at Tears Mourn, this time involving Burnley. They drew 1-1 with MK Dons, Cameron Jerome, who scored in the 29th minute, thought, so, um, MK Dons were going to hang on But Matty Vidro in the 94th minute um, Managed to get the, the goal for Burnley To took it to um, extra time Lose no goals in extra time And then Burnley won 4-3 on penalties um, Obviously in the past few weeks It's now been confirmed Burnley have got a new owner under um, Alan Pace as well An American um, business owner as well um, and during the penalty shootout, I think one of the performances the weekend was Will, Will Norris, who they signed there on a free transfer from Wolves. I think one of their only um, signings as well. He starred not only in the game that kept Burnley in it, but in the penalty shootouts before Phil Bardsley scored the, the decisive spot kit. Um, obviously, they got us tonight then. Um, you know, we'll talk more about the family games, but do you think, going on an FA Cup run, you you would think that they're going to be in a relegation zone match, but do you think maybe a relegate, uh, um, sorry, an FA Cup run could help them progress this season and get the wins they need under their belts to, to possibly stay up?
2: I think they definitely have the capability to stay up, but um, no, I mean, I think a Cup run could be beneficial just because, you know, maybe less so in the current climate, but it can provide money uh, to perhaps you know, invest, especially hopefully under a new owner as well. They could perhaps invest maybe January or, or at least come summer um, to just progress next season. But, you know, I think they do have a good chance in the relegation battle uh, in the relegation fight this season. And um, I would expect them to stay up, really.
0: It's, it's a big question, and we'll talk more about the love of the FA Cup later on. But do you think for, for West Brom, now they've gone out of the Cup, um, Leeds as well, talk more about their defeat. Do you think maybe they won't be, especially more so for West Brom, do you think they won't be that concerned? Obviously, they've they've embarrassed themselves losing to a lower league team, but do you think they won't be that concerned considering maybe it's a a bit of a distraction now? What, the fourth round is two weeks away, then the fifth round is a midweek, and then they keep on coming considering the way matches are dropping like flies at the minute, and you don't know when you're playing who. Um, Do you think maybe... It's not that much of a disappointment they've gone out the FA Cup, or do you think they will be disappointed really, West Brom?
2: I, I think they'll be disappointed, but I mean, I think there are bigger uh, things to be worried about for West Brom, and I think they'd they'd much rather stay at the, in the Premier League than go on a cup run.
0: Yeah, it'd be you know we'll talk more about the the lovely FA Cup later. But Sheffield Wednesday won away, Exeter two nil. They're under their caretaker manager, as we said on the FL show, that they'd sacked. Um, Tony Pulis again, another manager this season as well, but they managed to to win again. I think that's three wins in a row now under their caretaker manager. In the West London derby at um, QPR, they lost at home to Fulham 2 0 after extra time, extra time goals from Bobby Reid um, and was it Cabano um, as well, sent a much changed, um, well, QPR team as well, there was much changed, and Fulham into round four of the cup as well. Alexander Mitrovic started for Fulham despite breaking the COVID rules as well. Swansea won away at Stevenage to carry up their brilliant form they've been doing in the championship. Winning 2-0 as well. And then Leicester won away at Stoke four nil. James Justin scoring one of the, the goals of the FA Cup round really in the thirty fourth minute, going round the defender and curling it into the top corner. And then the floodgates open for Leicester all Brighton, Perez and Barnes all scored from um it was one, I suppose, the only one positive thing for Stoke was they had Ryan Shawcross back in this starting team, who was capped by England once in in 2012, and he spent much of the, the last 18 months um, recovering from broken legs, calf injuries, groin injuries. Um, you know, he's not the best player is he to to have on the pitch, considering he's broken a lot of people's legs. Aaron Ramsey a few years ago, didn't he, when he was at Arsenal? So. <laughs> You know, maybe he's getting a bit of a taste of his own medicine a bit there, but no, it's um, good to see him back as well, and um, that'll be definitely a booster for for stoking a promotion charge in the championship. And then Wickham beat Preston four one. It was a game at half five, and it was involving Lloyd's team Arsenal. The well, basically the Arsenal Cup it has been recently, uh, well in the FA Cup history. Basically, they won away at home to Newcastle two nil, nil 0 after. The full 90 minutes, but in um, extra time, Emil Smith Rowe has been absolutely brilliant. The past was he played four games in a row now um, in the 109th minute, and then a, a tap in the sweaty goal from Pierre Enrico Aubameyang wrapped it up for, for Arsenal. Um, but one one question that's probably on a lot of Arsenal's lips at the minute was how long is Gabriel Martinelli going to be out for after he got injured in the warm up and he was meant to start? So instead, Rhys Nelson um went on to the was he he come on did he start yeah he started didn't he um he come off the bench to start for him first things first then lloyd pleased with the performance
1: uh so I, i'm pleased with the extra time for us but i think the full 90 performance us was absolutely shocking uh, we really didn't play well and it's c- it's because of who we played like it not as in blame mortality play the wrong team like it we we played Pepe. Who we played seventy-two million pounds for. We played Willian, who We paid like two hundred thousand a week. We played all these really like well these senior players who have this this experience, and they can't even break down a Newcastle side. Like we've we've paid money of these. We're paying these players a lot of money, and then the kids get subbed on after ninety minutes, and they outshine them straight away. You look what Pep and Willian did the whole match. Like, Pep didn't really have the worst of the games. Then Willian is just absolutely abysmal. And then you sub on Osaka, the Smith row, and it would change the game. Like, really, it, it should be the other way round. You should be subbing on the more experienced senior players to come on and change the game. But I do think we do need to move more towards the play in the youth because it's worked really well recently, and especially with the format senior players are in as well.
0: I'm not going to lie, based on our first half, the, the mass singer was probably more entertaining and, um, than Arsenal Newcastle. But as you said, Abamyang scored OK. He might have been in tap-in. Um, he scored the other week as well. Do you think this is maybe a confidence booster now that Arteta was talking about? Uh,
3: he,
1: yeah, he did? definitely. Like, even if it is just a tapping, like, that's all you need sometimes. Like, you could... He's been playing well. He's been getting in the right positions, but you can just see there's a lack of confidence. Like some of the time, he'll take a few extra touches he doesn't need to. He won't take a shot when he would have before. Like he is just lacking a bit of confidence. He is still an amazing player. I do think he will be back to his best soon.
0: And um, one one question, as we said there, was uh, Martinelli, who I've rated highly recently, and said on on the, our last year with 2020 that he could be a star of of this year and definitely for the future. Um, do you have any indication on you know Arsenal sources? You know the club better than us um, on how long he could possibly be out for or how serious it is? Uh,
1: I, I know after after he did get injured, I think Arteta in his press conference. Uh, He he said that he was looking bad, but he was was going off the reaction Martinelli had because it was an ankle injury, which was always very painful. And you can't really tell what it's like straight away. But I think recently uh, it has looked like I think he's going back into training within the next few days. And then he's going to be reassessed ahead of our game against, uh, I think it's against against Palace. So I think we can see for that. Uh, But, well, it's very good news, really. Because I think it was well, an ankle injury. you could to be up to like three months sometimes, and he's completely turned around our season. So it's great news that he's gonna be back. A lot sooner.
0: Yeah, I suppose you know it's it's, it's sad to see um, a good player like Martinelli, especially get injured in in a warm up. But one player that maybe did exaggerate it a bit too much was um was Long uh, Sean Longstaff in there? Was it Sean Matt, Is it Matt Sean Longstaff? Um one of the Longstaff brothers um basically got Emil Smith sent off really. I said as soon as he was given that um it was he wasn't a red card, it was the scream that He wasn't got, a yellow. Uh, you know, pot you've you've seen him being given as it's a as yellow word. it's yeah, maybe it was a harsh yellow, but I think the scream of Longstaff definitely, you know, definitely give that as a red and obviously Another thing we'll talk about: VAR was was there and he got overturned. And then um, Emile Smith Rowe did basically say, like, you know, thank you very much because he scored effectively the goal that basically put Newcastle out as well. But are you were you pleased on on another brilliant Smith Rowe performance? Okay, he could have possibly got sent off if VAR wasn't there. But is is he a key player in your squad now?
1: Uh, I, I really do think he is. Like, he's only come into the side recently, and he has changed us around. Like, just introducing the number 10 into the team, it's, it's really made us look like a different team, really. And he is so young as well. I, I'm very glad he's getting the, chance he's, the chances he deserves, really. And he, he's really shown as well. He's done really well. Like, you can see how creative he's been. He, he's got a good eye for goal, like he showed against Newcastle. And he, he has just turned the team around. I'd love to see him get more game time, but then again, he is still really young. So I think we, I think we will probably look to get another creator in the team, just so we don't we don't wear him out or anything, because it'll be as good as he is. We can't really pile all our all our creativity on him.
0: Yeah, but I think you know. To be fair to him, and Martinelli have been really good when they've been um, fit as well. So you know, if you keep them fit, and I think you should have really had a penalty in extra time of Bamiang. Yeah. Um, you know, you could have had it, but you know, Newcastle had their chances. Andy Carroll in in added time, he had the first shot, brilliant save from Leno, and then and then the follow up was was brilliant from Leno that that kept you in it. Uh, a Newcastle, I'm not gonna say reliant on Andy Carroll because you did see that they were trying to play it to the feet of Andy Carroll when really does need it to his head but I, I don't know with Newcastle they've got some of the players obviously St Maximum's just come back from um, or is, is he back yet in training yeah I think he's back in training after having his um, long long recovery from Covid LaSalle's played as well obviously they captain but what, what what did Newcastle obviously Lloyd said last week they need a new manager but what players wise do they need to improve, Max, you think?
2: Well, I mean I think all over they've they've definitely got quality in that team, but they've been kind of unfortunate with injuries. Obviously, Sam Maximin's probably arguably the best player and obviously he's been very unfortunate this season. But um I mean I think there are definitely positions all over the the pitch that they they could strengthen. A consistent midfielder, I think, they've had issues with the rotation and it looked like the you know, the Longstaff brothers were you know a long term option, but they've kind of fallen off uh, for various reasons recently obviously they've still still got a place in the team but just maybe not the stars that you know they were expected to be obviously linked to um man united not long ago but uh yeah i think obviously if they're looking to actually you know improve significantly a manager is the answer um and i think the the uh results would improve uh with with a new manager manager regardless but yeah perhaps I mean, a couple of different places to strengthen. I think striker, obviously, they, they, they shored up pretty well with Callum Mawson, but a midfielder and probably uh, a, a strong, solid centre-back as well. They can rely on those two positions, I'd probably say. Do
0: you think, if you ask Newcastle fans now, would they take Rafa Benitez back, do you think?
2: I think most of them... I think they most of them probably would. Um, I think there is a, a sentimentality with with Rafa, and um, you'd probably say there is... Premier League safety in him as well like there probably is with Steve Bruce but I think the football is a little bit more ambitious and I think you'd probably say Rafa could get more out of this team because really the the teams that Rafa had uh, weren't weren't as good as what they have at the moment I think Callum Wilson although they did I suppose they did have Rondon and plays like that but I think there are definitely elements of this team that are maybe more suited to uh, Rafa's style more attacking I'd say.
0: I'm back on to Arsenal. You've won the FA Cup, what, record 14 times now. Um, You go into the fourth round having been knocked out in the third round just once in the past 25 years. Like I said, I think that was against Forest. Do you think now you should be taken maybe, obviously you're still in the Europa League, you're mid-table in the Premier League, um, but the way it's going, you know, you could finish anywhere at the minute. And the FA Cup? What, what are the priorities do you think now, if you're having the luck midway through the season? What are the priorities for you, Lloyd? Uh,
1: I think our priority is definitely getting back into the Champions League. It's something this club really did for years, and then as of recently, uh, is something we haven't been able to do. And I think that's easily our main priority. Uh, like, it's a very really tough thing to do, because it's, it's very easy to slip out, and then very hard to get back in. Because we've basically been dispossessed by Tottenham, basically. It's, it's very hard as well, obviously, being the Northland's arrivals. But we really need to try and get back in. And you can only qualify through getting the top four or winning the Europa League. So I think that's what we need to prioritise, really. Like, I'd, I'd love to win another FA Cup, but it's just not what we need at the moment.
0: Yeah, but you know, I suppose a trophy is a trophy. Um, as well, Brentford beat Sheffield Wednesday in the late game as well. Plymouth won away at Huddersfield, three-two. Now we're going to play um a pre-recorded clip of me speaking to Watford fan Sean Cobra, who came on our Championship Preview Show as well. Um, He's going to be talking about the game against Man United on the weekend and Watford season so far.
4: So as we said in the show then, we've got a special guest, a pre-recorded guest with Sean Kovac, who's going to be talking Watford and come on our Championship Preview Show. So we'll start off with the game involving his team and my team, Man United. In the fourth round, obviously we beat Watford 1-0, Scott McTominay with a goal after five minutes. Other than that, it wasn't really much in it. We played our fringe players with, you know, we had Rashford come off the bench as well when we needed him because they did get tight at at some stages. Were you pleased with the performance that you gave up against us in, in the third round, Sean?
3: I'd say overall, I was, the performance was satisfactory. Too good. It was, it was all right. I think you could see if you know some of the, Problems behind the scenes at the moment. You could sort of see the cracks in our performance, but there were some also some new exciting things going on. Uh, Hungbo came on. I think Joseph Hungbo's his name. That's yeah. the first time I'd seen him play towards the end of the game. He was a bit of a bright spark, um, and he scored a world class goal in training today for um that I've seen on the on the socials, which is an indication normally that he might be getting at least training with the first team squad uh, and might be getting more first team minutes Um, just going on our history of interacting with the Watford Twitter admins posts, so he was good but the most exciting part was probably Philip Zinkernagel who I hope will become as successful in the second tier of English football as he was in the first tier of Norwegian football Um, he's our new signing, he scored 19 goals and I think got 23 assists um, in in 30 games in Norway this season. He was the best player in a team that weren't expected to win the league but did. And their other striker, who's a bit uh, sorry, their other winger, who's a bit younger, went to AC Milan. Uh, so they've he's a very exciting player, and we got him on a free contract because his contract expired. He was pretty good. His movement was exciting, and he looks like he's here to actually really try. And I think a lot of the Watford players I felt like were trying the other day. I always feel that with Will Hughes. I always feel that with Ben Wilmot. But as we'll get on to later, I've been feeling it less with some of the better known and better paid players recently. So all in all, it was okay. Um, And it may have been even better than that, but it's slightly jaded as a Watford fan by uh, what we've been seeing in the last two or so months.
4: I, th- I think you did. You did have your chance. I'm not going to say maybe you deserved to go through, but you did have your chances. I think we had um, Axel to and Zabi cleared a shot off the line when you almost went in. It, it wasn't, let's be fair, the brightest of games and the best game of the weekend. It was far better games. No. We we wrote our luck a little. You were a bit unlucky. Probably, you know, based on the championship form, you'd probably prefer to go up. Then you know maybe a cup run would be good as we said on on the proper show for teams in the Premier League in the lower half like Leeds mm-hmm. and West Brom maybe a cup run was a bit of a hindrance would you have found that if you say you beat us and you go on to the fourth round or fifth round
3: I think that my biggest benefit as a Watford fan if we beat you know beaten one of the biggest teams in the history of football and and one of the best teams at least statistically and arguably in performance recently in the Premier League, it would have given us more momentum for the championship. It would have given us some belief because we actually played, the squad we played, I really liked, the eleven we started with. And the reason for that was the absence of some of the players who have been letting us down recently. But I think I'd have preferred it just for the belief it would have given that squad of players and maybe the belief the manager would have taken in those players. They could beat Premier League opposition. I know that that was a, a largely rested squad, but you still had a you know every player in that team. Well, I'm asking, I guess, but I think every player in your Manchester United team is a, a decent Premier League standard.
4: Yeah, so I think a lot of them, like for example, Dan James, they come off the bench and they or they tend mm. to like playing like the League Cup. But I think we still had a, a lot of international. McTominay obviously did what was done well with Scotland. Like Dean Henderson, sure. Baye. So we've had. And Van Der Beek as well. So, we have had quite a lot of experience in Greenwood as well. So, I, I don't think you did, you know, after our semi-final defeat to Man City and we've been, like, really busy with the Premier League, obviously our party, I, we weren't expecting, like, a, a strong team, but I'd probably say a strong team that should should beat you, if, if all on there. Yeah. And I was, I was a bit surprised that you didn't maybe start Ben Foster, um, I don't know, I, well, obviously he's been famous for his YouTube videos recently, the cycling goal. We can, group, but
3: I, we can get into that, rest yeah. assured I've got thoughts <laughs> on Ben Foster. How
4: how well has he done this year? Because obviously he used to play for us. Um, He's done, you know, he's in his late 30s now, middle 30s, isn't he? Um, he right is I think
3: there. he's 36, he may have turned 37 recently. So,
4: so he's, ah. And he's looking he's looking really good for his age and a lot of people said you know when you were in the Premier League that he was he was doing really well, which he was, and possibly maybe be a third choice in Gareth Southgate squad. How was he going on in the Championship?
3: Well, let's just say uh, it was no, not, not let's just say anything. I've got lots of thoughts on him, and they are they're, they're complicated because I will always love Ben Foster and still do. I'll always love Troy Deeney and still do. Right now, there's parts of Troy Deeney's captaincy which I don't like. Um, And there's also parts of Ben Foster's role in the squad, which a lot of Watford fans don't like. Um, Ben hasn't been superb this season, you know. He hasn't been terrible. And the problem with experienced goalkeepers is you only notice their errors. If he was 19 and he made a couple of mistakes, we look at that very differently. But Ben, I I don't know him, so I can't call him Ben. (laughs) But Ben Foster, I mean, he's a great, he's a great, he is a great character and you do feel closer to him because of that YouTube channel. Uh, and he's a lovely man. You can tell that. You can tell he's respectful to everyone and I've never heard anything to the contrary from those Watford players I have met. Um, but he's... this Recently, his form hasn't been superb. I mean, there's arguments to say he was at fault for both of Swansea's goals against us in the recent 2-1 loss. Uh, and... After that game, just to give a dichotomy, to me, there was, there was always there's always social media posts from the players. Ben Wilmot, who was on loan at Swansea the yeah. season before, his was just a one, a one-word post, gutted because he was disappointed to lose. Ben Foster's, which was the next day, was a post saying, "Should I include the cheeky Jamal Low goal celebration in my Cycling <laughs> GK video?" You know, with a few monkey-faced emojis or whatever. Uh, Not monkey-faced emojis. Laughing hands, laughing face emojis. You know, embarrassed. And that's fine if you're 15. Which he isn't. (laughs) And it was just in poor taste when he was at fault for both goals. To, To make that post is okay. To even include that celebration is okay. Definitely, you know, if we win or draw. But to be directly involved and almost... It was more the headline you'd expect to see, um, someone like Buzzfeed Sports, if that exists, try and make, rather than the guy who actually conceded the two goals. And certainly the second goal, I felt he was at fault for, with poor positioning and letting a header in um, at his far post, which just felt relatively savable. Because we know how talented he is, Leon. He's such a great goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Recently, there's been a lot of calls for for Backman who I thought presented himself fairly well against United. So that was the keeper we did have in to get the starting slot. Um, I wondered what you thought of Backman's performance, because um, he did make quite a few saves against United. He,
4: he did. Actually. I think you've got to give him credit that there was a few opportunities where we should have scored maybe a few more and we didn't take. But you've got to give him hmm. credit. He's come in. I don't know how many games has he Has he played any League Cup games through this year, or is this his first appearance?
3: He has played League Cup games, but I, f- I think his last... I don't even know when we left the league. But when anyway, I think that was three months ago, maybe. I just going off something I saw on Twitter. His last performance,
4: and um, and, he, and he did really well, I think.
3: Yeah, and, and in he the league through. cup, he's. I remember actually now in the league cup, he was a man of the match against Oxford, Oxford or Cambridge. they very easy to get mixed up given their <laughs> associations with universities, uh, where we should have lost. But uh, Backman kept us in that game in the League Cup. And I believe we went out in the next round after that. Um, So he hasn't had many opportunities. And of course, it's hard to knock Ben Foster out of the side because he's a brilliant goalkeeper and he's a good ally. I don't get a sense of any um, major egos between them. I think they're supportive of each other. And that's why it's a bit hard to be cruel on on Foster here. But I, I think that Backman did enough to deserve and warrant a start soon with the when you consider Foster making those errors I mean in the league of course because all we have left in this season is the league uh, now that yeah. we're out of domestic cups
4: now look, one question is that we asked and um, we put to Alex about Cardiff City obviously you were brilliantly on our preview show how have you found Watford season so far because obviously you sacked the manager when was it was it four games, five games ago, you're second in the the championship at the minute, which is, it surprised me that you sacked the manager within, like, what, second in the championship. How have you found the new manager and are you disappointed that you sacked the manager considering while you're in the top three, four of the championship?
3: I'm not, I'm, I'm disappointed in the sacking from a boardroom level, but I'm more disappointed in... I think the fundamental issues isn't the managers themselves. So it's not it's not the the, the managers aren't bad managers. I mean, Javi Garcia is at Valencia right now, you yeah. know, and I know Valencia are struggling in La Liga, but that's a huge club. They're sixty thousand seat stadium. I mean, that's a responsibility, even with a terrible owner at Valencia. But he <laughs> yeah, has, we never uh, failed the... <laughs> Yes, exactly, and yeah. he's definitely doing better than him. Um, but it's you know. He's a good manager there. Nigel Pearson has some qualities. So I, again, don't think he was the right appointment. But you can trace this back for about a year now, Leon. When we sacked Javi Garcia, yeah. we hired Kike Sanchez-Flores. And I don't want to go over this because I think I may have spoken about this last time. But everyone knew in his first spell at the club in 2016, Kike Sanchez-Flores got found out very quickly for having no plan B. Ten games at the helm last year, presented the exact same issue. Except they already knew what his plan A was because they'd all played against him four years prior. And he basically got us nowhere in those 10 games, which is ultimately the main reason we were relegated. Um, So hiring Kike was a mistake. Hiring Pearson, I don't think, was a mistake. Firing him a week before the season was due to finish probably was a huge mistake. Though I imagine, from what I've heard I believe, I have reason to believe though no, I just will never know we will never be told that there were some pretty toxic things going on in that dressing room and they sided with the players and they got rid of Pearson. And then Ivich comes in and you think okay we've got a disciplinarian here a man who plays structured disciplined football has barely lost a game in 2 years in Israel. This is exciting. Um, and then the reports come out as they do seemingly every 7 weeks with a Watford team, after he's fired about how he was. So Ivic didn't want phones at the training ground. (laughs) Personally, I'm not against that as a man who tries to write without a phone (laughs) and write without (laughs) the internet connection. But, you know, maybe they find that a bit too harsh. That's fine. But the players aren't doing their end of the bargain for me at the moment. They're not giving it their absolute all every week. So you can complain about the managers or have issues with the managers but to not be giving it your all and it it doesn't that's to validate your voice you have to have made sure you've done as much of your job as you're able to do and I often feel like that hasn't been the case and then the bringing in of Cisco Munoz you know seems like a lovely chap but it seems like the reason we brought him in is because he's meant to be great with you know man management and dressing room atmosphere but already there are some what I would call orange flags, because they could be green or they could be red, which are that he's being described by a lot of the players as one of the lads. But are we getting to a point now where we just have a democracy where the players are leading themselves? I guess that's the concern. Like there's, there seems to be a lot of player power at the club. Um, we've got people who are not putting in shifts in terms, or at least not putting in stats in terms of Deeney and Gray, for example, and probably quite a few others, and we got Dini has made some really questionable media commitments in the last six months that are just very hard to swallow. Um, which maybe we'll get onto later. <laughs> um, and he's just all of this stuff is really making us think, basically, as Watford fans, um, what are the priorities of the owners? Because we've just sold Kapo for four million pounds to Villarreal. Right now. now there's no question that Kapo would earn that move. He's thirty-two to get four million pounds is a good amount of money. Ilias Chair currently seems to be listed at five million. That's a good player. That's the kind of player we would love to sign from QPR, but apparently he's too expensive. Maybe he is, but again, a club that makes a promise to its its board wrote a statement, we'll do everything we can to get back to the Premier League. Doesn't seem to be doing it. And I, I think you might know this, Leon. I'm, I'm sure you do, but your listeners might not know that Zisco Munoz had only managed 14 games of professional football before he was put in yeah. charge of
4: Yeah, I, th- I think he was, was he in charge of the Georgia team Dynamo Till Bills, he was it? Yeah,
3: that's it. He was it. in that's yeah, it.
4: Georgia, yeah.
3: And, you know, he did well, but I. None of us are familiar with the Georgian Premier Division, even those of us who played countless hours of football manager. So it's a little bit tough to tell, you know? It's tough to tell. Time will tell. And I think Cisco has shown some promising signs. But Do you Cisco think... is going to have to nail it to manage to bring a squad back together that is openly in the media questioning its board's actions and not being sanctioned for it.
4: Do you think, though, maybe, um, and we said it on the FL show, that it was maybe a bit of a surprising appointment? Obviously, we were all surprised by the sacking, considering maybe a, an Eddie Howe could have come in. Obviously, well-known name did really well at Bournemouth. You could have maybe had um, some other, Chris shooting before he went to Forest, maybe a few other names out like there. You, were you surprised by maybe the appointment?
3: I wasn't as surprised that it was this guy, um, because... I, I, I kind of, the only thing I was expecting was to maybe not know who it was going to not recognize whoever we bought in, but I'd have loved if we got someone like Eddie Howe, though I believe Eddie Howe will end up in a better job. And I believe that they wouldn't have wanted to give it to Eddie Howe because he actually would like to have a degree of control and has earned that degree of control through everything he's done at Bournemouth. Yes. Maybe not the Jordan ive transfer or buying Dominic Solanke for twenty million, but yeah. you know he's not—he's no—he's no idiot, and I think he would demand and command and probably deserve more power than maybe the Watford board would be willing to give him. Um, and then so that's why I feel like Zisco may have come in. It's more like it's it, uh, my biggest fear, Leon, is that Zisco is more just to fill the manager position, but not be experienced enough to question the board or to question the playing core. I hope that's not the case, I really do, but I do have a little bit of a fear of that Um, because Ivic seems like he did question that, he seems like he did care about commitment to the club and ultimately he's now gone. He, his tactics were poor. Our performances were poor. His style of football was very boring, and but also relatively ineffective. Boring and effective work, but yeah, it was relatively ineffective. Oh, I could go on and on, but uh, yes. alas, I, I know you've got more questions, so I won't. <laughs>
4: Is is it, though, um, I'm just looking at some of your squad now. Obviously, I, I'd probably say you got one of the best, or if not the best squad in the championship. Obviously, you said about Ben Foster, Ben Wilmot, done well at Swansea, Tom Cleverley, um, yeah. Dini, Yao Pedro, you said at the start of the season was um, one to watch out for, and he definitely proved that. Chalabar looked good the other day. Cathcart, James yeah. Garner, who I said to you was brilliant. Glenn Murray as well, Um some of the names yeah. as well, and probably one of the one of the standout stars, definitely from the Premier League, was Asmar Lassar. Are you surprised yes. that he stayed at Watford, considering I think he had a few bids from from us, from Liverpool and Crystal Palace?
3: I think I'm not too surprised that he stayed, but I'm I really it's fifty-fifty if he leaves this window. I think he was I think it was unlikely that he would leave because we were demanding a 25 million initial payment of another at least 10 we have to make a profit on him basically because we know he's worth that um and he, or his potential will guaranteed be worth that but what what did what has disappointed me is his performances have been mixed they've not been poor they've not been poor and it's pretty hard to question his effort i think he has tried but we've not really played to his strengths which are arguably our strengths as well because wing play one player who's been brilliantly on is ken semmer yeah. playing at the left wing the swedish international um and he's really really been good but one player that's been very des- not disappointed one thing that's been disappointing is that we're not you know we're not using ken Semmer on the left and Ismail my on the right as much as we could you know, playing 4-3-3 uh, with Stipe Pericar, a six-foot-two target man-esque player, might be really good with those two wingers. <laughs> but I don't know. We've not done a single run out like that, a single lineup like that, and instead, still trying to seem to be accommodating the formation, not around this Milfsar, who, like you say, might be one of the most exciting players in the league, but accommodating it around Troy Deeney and Andre Gray, who might be two of the best played, best-paid players in the league. <laughs> And I think that's another issue. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're yeah. not prioritising Sarr. Um, I think Sa will probably move and I think he will become a great player. And I hope it's for his development and I think he deserves to develop. I don't think there should be any animosity between Watford fans and him if he leaves. I hope it's either at Liverpool or a stable Manchester United. Seems to be relatively stable at the moment, but as you will know, <laughs> Stability is, you'll, you, you'll have to wait and see. But right now, he's not worth the money we're demanding for him in terms of his statistics. So we'll see if anyone wants to pay that.
4: And and you said about Andre Greedy and Troy Deeney. One forward you have, um, you have got Glenn Murray, obviously on loan from yeah. Brighton. What's happened to him this season? Because we said before um, the season had started and, and Alex thought, he would have been a brilliant signing for Cardiff. And, and you said he was a brilliant signing as, as a backup if Deeney was injured, because obviously Deeney's getting on. And you said about his media commitments. Is, is Deeney's um, media commitments affecting his, his style of play and how well he's doing in the championship? And is Glenn Murray performing to what you expect?
3: Well, I can't tell you much about Glenn Murray because he hasn't been played. I think he's made one appearance in a matchday squad in about two, three months. Uh, he's certainly only got him on the pitch a, a handful of times. Um a single handful of times. Um Murray, I think, is currently in the works that have his loan move switched to a different championship club. I cannot remember exactly which club that is, um, but anyone who Google will be able to find that on the athletic um in the headline. It's not clickbait. <laughs> and um rightly so I think he you know he deserves another move away because I think we bought him in, expecting to lose Dini or Gray to West Brom or to someone else. And Dini or Gray, d- neither of them left. And I think it would have been much better for the club if they had, um, or one of them had, because it seems like <laughs> we're trying to justify um, Gray's terrible performances and the terrible price we paid for him by giving him more time to turn it around but in, in reality, it's just getting worse and worse. With Dini's media commitments, just to be clear for fans who don't know, he agreed to write a uh, agreed to make one once a week appearance on Talksport's breakfast show. I don't know how many hours that is, um, but it's a relatively big commitment for an active player. Of course, it's a coup for Talksport. Um, yeah, but you know, Dini's whole brand is honesty. But I don't know if you saw this Leon and what you think of it. He made comments. He was asked if he wanted to be Watford manager.
4: Yeah, okay. it's popped in cheek. up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So he was asked about this. You know, he wants to be Watford manager. He said, well, "Why would I want to be in a job I'd only keep for five months?" Nothing was said by the club about that. Like, you shouldn't be saying that. Do you know what I mean? You're the team captain, the active team captain. There's no dispute between you and the club. And if you do say that, the club should discipline you. Another thing that players should be disciplined for um, by their club is the fact that Andre Gray has had more lockdown parties too than goals he scored in the championship. Yeah, <laughs> one. Now that isn't good enough for a player on seventy grand a week, you know. And I, I hear he's a good member of the squad and stuff, but every time he's on the pitch, he looks a degree of incompetence seems to be there. And Yao Pedro outshines him. Absolutely outshines him in all all relevant metrics. And Stipe Perica, who I think maybe is worth watching out for in the second half of the season, he's been pretty strong but barely gets a chance to play, barely gets a start. There's been injuries, of course, with a compressed schedule. The final thing I'll say also with Dini is the second media commitment he made, um, which I believe would have come through a similar arrangement as TalkSport and The Sun are owned by Rupert Murdoch, is to write a weekly column for The Sun. Um I'm sure you, you know, neither of us are young enough to remember, are old enough to remember the Hillsborough disaster, but the Sun has been quite rightfully cancelled <laughs> yeah. by by Liverpool and Everton football clubs and a large part of the footballing world, especially in Britain, because of its coverage of the Hillsborough disaster and its betrayal of Liverpool fans and its betrayal of football fans in general. Throughout the years, has been horrible and very divisive just to sell newspapers um so any footballer writing for the sun i really think really has to question their own moral compass and uh, it was disappointing to see in a man that all Watford fans will probably always admire and i still do admire but his performances have been pretty poor um i don't judge troy too much on goals but he he does talk about goals a lot and he seems to never mention that he's only really scoring penalties Uh, I don't know, man, I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed in Dee and Gray and recently a little bit in Foster. But honestly, I would just right now, I'd be quite a lot happier if the squad didn't have Dee and Gray in it, even if uh, just because then we could try new things up front. Carica and Pedro, Carica and Saar, Saar and Pedro, Um, because it's not working. And Cisco seems to have come in and they've been his starting two strikers. and I'm worried that that's come from the top. Um, I don't know how much money you would pay for a man who'd scored four goals in thirty Premier League games, but we decided to pay eighteen point five million for one. And that has continued to be an even worse scoring record since he joined us. So it's just frustrating. <laughs> it's
4: we we've got a man up front that we clap every time you get to shot on target in March he has, so he can't do can't do no worse. Yes.
3: Yes, so. I would. I would happily give you Andre Gray and Troy Deeney for Marshall's left foot, although not for some of his own moral decision making. He seems to be questionable as well <laughs> in that regard. <laughs>
4: and and one one of the other questions obviously the January transfer window is open there's been a, mm. a lot of rumors as you said about Glenn Murray possibly being recalled to Brighton and going out on loan um, at another championship club or possibly Premier League um is there any like moves you expect to come into the club obviously there are a few promising you said about the QPR cheer um, is there any like South American talent because obviously you have a, a big you know, experience with that. You brought in Richarlison, and look kind of how well he's doing at Everton. João Pedro, another one that you know could, in a few years' time, could possibly be a Premier League player, either with Watford or another club. And who do you think would leave in this window?
3: Um, well, Capoue's left, and I think there's a plan to replace him. We're not entirely sure exactly who that's going to be yet, and I've got a feeling it will be uh, one of the two following options: either absolutely no one. And an empty promise, which would be a real disappointment. Or it'll be um, Wallace from Udinese, who I don't I've never seen play before. I've heard mixed things from Udinese fans on forums. But uh he's a defensive mid who potentially could fit um some of that role. He's nowhere near as good as Kapo, but in fairness. I don't think there's anyone in the championship who has the ability to be as good as Kapu um, right now. Definitely people who would have the potential, don't get me wrong. But Kapu is 32, an experienced international, very good player, um, who, you know, we've lost. And then there's been rumours for about 17 million years that we're going to bring in a left back um, <laughs> it really has been about six transfer windows at this stage. Um, in theory, we should be bringing in a left back, but we should have done that in the summer of this season, the summer of last season, and potentially the summer of the season before. Um, and all the winter transfer windows as well. We didn't. And every Watford firm wants to bring in a striker or at least even get rid of two of the strikers I may have mentioned. Um, a few too many times. But um, Adam Leventow announced... Uh, earlier uh, today on, on his athletic page that the Watford striking set is full and the hope is that any new striker will come from within the club able to refine their form. We have got Isaac's success returning from injury, he's a striker come left mid, but he has been disappointing in terms of effort for five years. We paid £11 million pounds for him in 2015. So I'm not expecting it to come from Isaac success. I don't expect it to come from Gray or Dini, but I do have some hope for Yao Pedro and Slipe Perica, uh and potentially Ismail Lassar if played up front. Um, but unfortunately, I think the only signing we'll make probably, apart from Sin Canagel, who you have to be appreciative of, is hopefully um, going to be a left back um, and maybe a centre mid, ideally... Someone like Ben Whiteman um, from Preston, I believe that's the gent who's out of contract in the summer. But I, I think there's a lot of other clubs doing business a lot smarter than we are at the moment. Uh, Huddersfield, for example, or um, QPR with Charlie Austin, <laughs> exactly. Or Brentford, you know. Well, I mean, Brentford are a model that many Premier League clubs should follow. But um, we seem to know about a lot of players and. Uh, never quite remember to, never quite remember to actually act on them. Um, there was another one that came about the other day, which was like, oh, we were potentially in for him. You know, there's a history of footballers who Watford were in a position to sign but chose not to. That includes Harry Maguire, Andy Robertson, both when they were leaving Hull, and many, many others. So it's just a little bit. I've lost faith, as you may be able to tell, <laughs> Leon. My apologies for uh, is, everyone having is, to listen to that.
4: Is, is one of the? There's been a lot of criticism today from what the fans I've seen on on many sources about West Ham possibly signing Craig Dawson on a permanent deal. Obviously, he scored mm-hmm. um he scored a few goals as as well. I think he's only played three games as well. He's helped the side to two victories in a draw, and he's kept three clean sheets in a row. Would you be surprised if he left to go to West Ham permanently because he's on a season long loan, or would you prefer him back at Watford and realistically I'd want be him happy back at for
3: Watford? Him. I would be happy for him to leave. Um I don't know why. And I don't think it's necessarily Dawson's fault. Why he's so much better at West Ham than he has been at Watford. He was incredibly disappointing for us. He was meant to be the defensive centre back rock that we bought in last year and was really poor, was really poor in the first half of the season. Um, This season, you know, he got that late loan move to West Ham. Um, Most of us were hoping for it to be a permanent move. It's a failed experiment, let it go. But none of us expected him to perform this well. He is showing that form that he had when he was in the Premier League with West Brom that did get him some suitors. Um, And fair enough to him. But um, I don't think he's necessarily just of his performances, found it easy at Watford, or enjoyed it at Watford, and he seems to be having a better time at West Ham. Fortunately, right now, the best part of our team is probably our centre-backs. Ben Walmott, Francisco Sierra who are average age of 21 and a half, are being really good. Uh, William Trister Kong has been very strong, and Cathcart and Cabasele have been really good as well. So we've got a lot of centre-backs, but unfortunately, we can't play six of them at once. So uh, we don't need another one, and hopefully uh, Dawson can do continue to do well at West Ham. Um, Watford centre backs who do wish to be in the club, which I don't think Wilmot, uh, I don't think Dawson does, um, can prove that they don't need him as, and they can do it themselves.
4: And the million-dollar question, just before we do end, um, obviously you're sixth in the league at the minute. I think you've got Huddersfield um, next up on, on Saturday as well. Page is just um those And then you've got Barnsley oh. at home, Stoke away, and then it's Millwall away. QPR home takes you up to the end of January. What do you hope for them next few games? And as I said, well, the million-dollar the million question, will you get promoted to the Premier League this year?
3: Uh, the next few games, I'm not. Um, it really remains to be seen. It's too early to judge Sisko. I think that's his third game um, in charge of us, maybe fourth. And I'm forgetting something, but I know we had one delay with Millwall. Um, and I don't want to judge him too harsh. A lot of my judgment is on those players and on the squad's performance over the last year and a half, which has just continued to be disappointing from relegation. But um, the next few games, I could see it going any way. I really just don't know. I could see us accumulating of those, I think was it five games you mentioned? Yeah. I think I, I could see us accumulating 12 points and I could see us accumulating four, honestly. Um, and I think it will be one of the two. I think it will be one of the two. I don't think that'll be in the middle. Um, and if it's four, I think Zisco will have left <laughs> by the end of January. Uh, because the, the owners are putting all this emphasis on a manager getting us back up this season, but they seem to be putting no emphasis on them getting us back up this season. With intelligent transfers for a style of play, with hiring managers for a style of play, with building a squad for a style of play, or with backing them, or with making sure that we actually have two actual left backs in the squad. Uh, so to answer your question, do I think we'll get promoted this season? Uh No. <laughs> No, and I don't think we would deserve to at a boardroom level, but it will come at a great cost. I think we will lose and we will also lose Cucho Hernandez, who is on loan at Getafe this year, um, who will probably only return to the club if we're in the Premier League. Um, and it's a shame. It's a shame because we've made a lot of steps back in the last few years because of board incompetency, which has undermined a lot of incredible board intelligence that was in the club when we first got into the Premier League. It's the same people, so it is a little confusing. And I, a lot of fans on Twitter are pointing to a toxic player core. I don't know if it is that. It could just be football. But it's, yeah. Ultimately, I don't think we will be. What do you think, Leon?
4: Well, I, it's the it's mad the Championship now. You know, obviously it's probably four strong teams at the top: Norwich, Swansea, Bournemouth, and Brentford. Mm-hmm. Like I'd probably put you in there. I think Reading is going to probably fall off now if they had a brilliant start. I think they've lost their last two games. I think Middlesbrough, possibly Stoke. And then you always have a team that's always like a surprise getting in there, for example, like Cardiff and Swansea last year. And Alex said he weren't expecting Cardiff to, to get in the playoffs. And obviously they did go out in the semi final. But mm. you always have that one surprise. And it's, it's so odd. I personally, at the minute, I'd say Norwich. Brentford, and then it's possibly a playoff between Swansea, Bournemouth, and Watford, which is is really close. and And we asked Alex, and I think I think half of this to do with Edel like Swansea, obviously. I think he said Norwich, Bournemouth, <laughs> and Brentford are the three are the three to go up as well. Do you do you do you agree with Alex there on on Bournemouth, Brentford, Norwich, or do you think there will be a an outsider in that top three?
3: I think I would say that. I would say that I was free unless one of the teams like Swansea builds some momentum or we really build some second half of the season momentum. I don't believe we're going to do that. And I really hope that anyone who's had to listen to my negativity will be laughing at me in a few months for being so wrong. Um, but I'm just going on experience. And, yeah, I just, I think the problem with our current squad is everyone knows, you know, that we're one of the better squads in the championship. Yeah. So, unless we're in top three or automatic, you know, ideally automatics, we're underperforming. And that's difficult, I imagine, for the players to get their heads around the, the, the disappointment of underperforming. Whereas, let's say you're Cardiff, who are right now 15th, and you manage to have an end of season spurt of form and get sixth, and we're in fourth or fifth, right? Um, I know that's not, I know we wouldn't play them if we were, let's say they got fifth and we finished fourth and we played each other in the, in the playoff semifinals. Am I right in thinking that's how it works?
4: Yeah, it's third, yeah. Be sixth,
3: v 5th fifth. Let's say we were fourth, which would be a disappointment for us. And they were fifth, which hopefully would be a bit of a surprise to Alex from what he said to me in the season preview. I think they would win that because they would have the momentum of going, we're performing above our station as a team. We're more than some of our parts. But right now, at Watford, it feels like as a team, we're less than some of our parts. And that's uh, that's a big problem. So I I really hope I'm wrong, Leon, but I do not see us going up this season, which hopefully means me and you can keep talking for another year. But, (laughs) you know, uh, I'd love to keep talking to you about us, you know, chasing Europa League, which only two years ago was the hope. And now it's just chasing to be back in the position to do that.
4: And uh, hopefully, hopefully you go up because Watford, brilliant club, and and you did well last year. So you beat Liverpool, which pretty much every club apart from Liverpool loved you for, um, for doing <laughs> for doing that. And I think you you were a bit unlucky at times. You were. You know, it was really tight last year with the likes of Bournemouth and Aston Villa and West Ham, look how well them two are doing um this year, especially Aston yeah. Villa now and possibly Champions League or Europa League themselves. So hopefully you you yeah. bounce back you bounce back down um or up to the Prime League I should say, sorry. So good luck <laughs> to good luck to the rest for the rest of your season. Hopefully we can have you on again. It's been brilliant Thank so to talk much, to you. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm sorry for going on and on, but thank you so much for asking such insightful questions.
4: That, and I hope
3: what... to speak to you again soon. A mer- happy New Year and, and Merry Christmas. And happy lockdown. See you soon.
0: <laughs> It was also um, a busy day Sunday. Barnsley beat Tranmere in the early game 2-0. Bristol City beat Portsmouth 2-1 after extra time. Chelsea dismantled Morecambe 4-0. Mason Mount scoring on what is 22nd birthday. Werner... Hudson Odoi and Havertz getting the goals. had Hudson Odoi and Havertz also got an assist in in that game as well. Is is this maybe an FA Cup run? Is that what Frank Lampard needs? Do you think, Max? I think an FA Cup
2: run as well as improving <clears throat> the league form a bit. I mean, I think they could. I, I I mean, I don't think they could really get away with not getting Champions League with the investment that they had. But um, I think winning the FA Cup would obviously give him. I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily that that would be that helpful because obviously, um, I believe Conte won the FA Cup and he was uh, still sacked. So I mean, with Chelsea and with Abramovich, is you, you know you're expected to do quite a lot. So I think a cup run uh, would help him a little bit, but I think ultimately I think Champions League is is a must really.
0: Yeah, as the year when Phil Jones cost us the FA Cup final when he brought down um Hazard. There's a lot we done. I mention that. Can't mention that name on you um, as well. But Timo Werner, obviously, um, that's what his first club goal since 7th November now. OK, no disrespect to Morecambe, but they're not the biggest team in English football. Do you think maybe this is a confidence booster now for him, Lloyd? Uh,
1: I really hope it is. Because, you know, this is a player they've gone out, spent a lot of money on, and he's been extremely underwhelming. Like you said, he scored since November. It's like it's something like 13, 14 games he went without scoring. Uh, I, I think it's absurd. He was still starting, really. Like, how many strikers in the world really can go ten games without scoring and not lose their place in the team? I, I think he oh, really yeah. needs to find his form.
0: Okay, is is Hudson Odoi? You, you said before, and you think Hudson Odoi should be starting? more. do you think he should?
1: Uh, I, I easily think he should. He's one of Chelsea's best players, and he's still really young as well. And he has loads of potential. Like, there's a reason Bayern Munich wanted to buy him. Like it's because he has insane potential and he's already really good. Uh, he's really good in this Chelsea team. Like he he got subbed on in going gotta say, subbed on this city, and was it was a goal. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's he's really good. Like he's he's come on in these games and done this, and it it really does ask the question why isn't he starting? And he's yeah. him growing as well, which is obviously. Yeah. 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 He's he's the perfect player, really. Like. He's like he defends, he tracks back, he's got like really good work really rate. He's really creative. He can score as well. He's young, homegrown. Like he's everything you want. I I really don't get why they don't play him more.
0: Is he is he in? Do you think he'll be in Gareth Southgate's plans for England at the Euros if he goes ahead in the summer?
1: Uh, I I want to say he's in the plans, but I definitely expect Southgate to be looking at him just because of how good he is. I think. To be in the plans, you need to have a bit more game time and prove that he deserves to be there ahead of someone like a Jaden Sancho. So I'm, I'm not really sure that'll happen, but I think, especially in the next few years, he sh- will be breaking into that England team.
0: Million dollar question is though, what what would your Chelsea forward line look like then?
1: Uh, you're worried? I, I'm not really sure because they
0: they've just... it had Odoi, maybe Man? Would you would you prefer?
1: I'd probably I'd I'd really like Tammy Abraham up front. So I'd probably start him. I'd probably start I'd probably do Zayat Abraham, Hudson to Nodoy, and then have it behind him.
0: Do you possibly
1: leave Uh yeah, I would leave I've, I'd I'd percent leave Ren out. If he if he finds his form, I'd probably put him back in and test him out. But I think Abraham he he's, he is a number nine. Like he defends really well, he links the play really well, he's good in the air, and he's a good finisher. Like there's a reason why he did so well last year.
0: Yeah, so I think you know he's he's got a lot to live up to. He's he's done um he's done you know really well at Leipzig, the past how long has he been he's been performing there three seasons now maybe a bit less. Um and he's done well for Germany uh, in their recovery um after their World Cup you know defeating was it 2018 outtime time flies um since then so you know I think. Like you said, he's a big sign in. He cost, was it 60 million in the end? 60 million? Was it round yeah. about there? Yeah. Was it, yeah. Is that 60 million? It's still a lot of money for him. Okay, he's on his day. He's a, he's a top quality striker, and that's why Liverpool wanted him a few windows ago. But possibly, as we said last time, Mike Gundawan said it, it's maybe a bit hard for, for foreign players to, to maybe adapt to the Premier League a bit more compared to the likes of Germany like Havertz and um, and Werner come from okay Havertz may have an excuse because he's been recovering from Covid you know recently haven't really played that many games but you know you definitely hope for Chelsea's sake that Havertz and Werner will be firing and it'd be good for the Premier League really because you know we all want to see the top quality players in the Premier League and you know it makes it better competition okay we hope they don't beat our teams but you know it's better for the Premier League if the likes of Chelsea and you know of their top guns firing, but it does go without saying Morecambe did have a few chances. Well, Adam Phillips had a great chance to call um, Kepper out at 0 0 as well. He fired a low cross in which looked like it was um, going in, but Kepper somehow recovered to save it. Um, Morecambe were making their first third round appearance since 2003 and you know, it was not as well, you know, four, 4 nil against Chelsea, okay, maybe a bit bad, but. You know, you were probably expecting that from Chelsea. And considering it's the first game Morecambe have played since, um, was it since Boxing Day, really, 26th of December, because they've had an outbreak at, at the club as well. They didn't have their captain, Sam Lavelle, in it as well. But, you know, it wasn't a bad performance considering they only could, were training on Tuesday and they've just come out of isolation. So, you know, you were expecting Chelsea to win. But it wasn't a bad performance from um, the Shrimp's Morecambe as they know known as Cheltenham beat Mansfield 2-1 in another game that went to extra time and then probably one of the biggest upsets of the the round was Crawley beat Leeds 3-0 some brilliant stories he was a player that um you know was told a few years ago he couldn't walk I think was that um uh, was it the first goal scorer I can't I can't remember who it was. No, I'll try and find that now. But there was a few stories. There was a Towie star that made his debut as well. In Mark Wright, we'll talk more about that. But what went wrong for Leeds? Because you said to me, Lloyd, you in the game that it was it was a half decent Leeds team. So what do you think went wrong for Leeds?
1: Uh, I think I I think they they did play a few of their senior players, but you know there is a reason Bielsa really rotates in the prem. It's because the Leeds second team genuinely aren't that good. Uh, They've obviously not. They should obviously be winning a game like that. Though uh, I'm not really sure when what went wrong. Like this is, it is it, like I, I don't really know much on the Crawley team. Yeah, I think it might be the attitude or something. I, I'm really not sure, but like they like it's not like Leeds deserved to, to win and they go really unlucky. It's not like it was a one-goal margin. Like this was Leeds to Crawley 3 0 I think I think it was um, Tyneclef as well. the the one
0: that knows um, it was tr Trazola, sorry, it was the one that um had the had the story. But for Leeds then you've got to say that as we said it possibly attitude max, but at half time we've got a question that in the FA Cup this year you've got the five sub rule. Um and Leeds did bring on, you know, when they were when they were, you know, in a cup tie, nil nil, they did seem to as the pundit said the other day, seemed to bring on youngsters that were already pre-planned, you know, this as, as if they were managing, you know, expecting a free nil or a comfortable. Do you think that the changes were wrong at halftime bringing on some of their youngsters?
2: Yeah, you'd probably say so. Um, yeah, when you're, when you're in, need of a, in need of a goal, I think bringing off somebody like Rodrigo is kind of a stupid idea, really. Um, and I think, yeah, I think they were kind of poorly made and uh, ultimately cost them.
0: But do you think they maybe were pre-planned and, you know, he didn't really adapt to the situation that they needed to bring on? I think they brought on Rafina later on in the first half when they were 2-0 down. Do you think they needed someone like that at half-time?
2: Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they do, They do, certainly look pre-planned and it's the kind of thing you'd expect to see from a, you know, a bigger team in the Cup. But, uh, you know, I think I think it shows... Maybe not maybe a disrespect of the opponent, I'm not sure, but yeah, you definitely say you'd want your best attackers on the field when you're in search of a goal regardless of the the opposition.
0: But to be fair to to Crawley they delivered one of the um, FA Cup's most emphatic um upsets and probably a long time as well. This is the first time in four attempts that Crawley have beaten a Premier League side in the FA Cup. So comfortable that they brought on T V personalities who said Mark Wright to give um himself a, a late cameo as well you Talk about, but uh, I don't know. For Leeds, is this maybe a confidence downer? Do you think because you we all think that they're gonna stay up in the Premier League and the way they play in there, um, you know, they can seem to score goals okay? Maybe they're leaking a few at the back, but do you think maybe this is a bit of a confidence downer for, for the Premier League going forward, Lloyd? Uh, yeah,
1: I, th- I think it is. Any loss is always a pretty downer, but I think. Especially because this Leeds team, like that, they haven't really been performing the best recently. I I don't think this will really help them a lot. But then you look at the team they put out, like it's basically a full different 11 to what they normally play. Yeah, I'm not really sure how much it will affect them
0: as well. And as you said, one of the the main stories from um, that game was Mark Wright. Um, for you that don't know, he was in Tower, which is made um, the only way is Essex. I think he was in. He's been in Strictly Come Dancing, I'm a Celebrity as well. Um, he has actually played at a few professional well academies. He played for West Ham. I think he supports Arsenal, Tottenham. He made one appearance for the English C team, which is like non-league players against Bosnia B team in 2008. He scored for England. Be the rest of the world in. Um, was it Soccer Aid as well in 2016 when he scored directly from a free kick? Um, he was named Man of the Match. He's also played in that in 2018 to 19. So, do you think that? Oh, joke side now about Mark, right? Can he play in League Two? Do you think more often? Seeing, obviously, he made one good pass back to the defender. But do you, do you think maybe he could play for Crawley in League Two?
1: Yeah, they, they could probably give, they could probably give him a try. I'm not only sure on the quality of Mark Wright, because I, I really much watched much of Crawley. Especially Mark Wright recently. The Mark Wright highlights on YouTube. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That 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 what you should for anyone that didn't watch it or um you know, or watched it, maybe you missed it. But definitely go back on YouTube and watch the highlights or maybe search up his pass because when he made that pass back to the defender on the wing. I think it was um, Sam Greenwood who actually should have really given away a penalty um, for a handball in, in later, earlier in the second half in VAR was involved. But as soon as he passed it back to the defender, you wanted to see the massive smile on his face and then the defender tried to put a ball down the wing and the pace wasn't quite enough for him and, and get to it. But no, it was a brilliant day for Crawley, you know, OK, they had a celebrity playing for him. But I think more importantly, a Mark right to be fair said it to him in all the interviews, you know, as much as more more people are know Crawley because they got a a TV celebrity, on. but you know it it was all about their victory, like he said, against a a, a decent lead team okay they didn't have Patrick Bamford, Dallas playing for them as well, and maybe they did make some um silly decisions in terms of subs and I'm sure Marcelo Bielsa maybe in hindsight might go back and, you know, think that maybe I could have made Rafinha at half time or maybe like Max said, not bring Rodrigo off. So, you know, but nothing taken away from Crawley. Brilliant victory against um Leeds as well, won the the cup upsets. Man City then fielded a really strong team against Birmingham City and they won three nil. Bernard Silva's first goal was was outstanding really after eight minutes and then scored was it seven minutes later. And then Phil Foden wrapped it up in the 33rd minute, and they uh, polished um, produced a polished performance throughout class, and in round four as expected. And then one probably the biggest talked about game in the, in the long time in the FA Cup was um, non-league side Step Eight they are in the football English football pyramid against Marine against Tottenham. Um, possible cup upset people were talking about highly unlikely though. Um, you know, and they can they did hang on for what 24 minutes before Vincius scored, and then he scored in on the half hour mark. Um, before Lucas Moore scored an outstanding free kick two minutes later, and then Vincius scored in the 37th minute. Before substitute Alfie Devine, we'll talk about later, scored in the the 60th minute. Pleased with the performance, Max?
2: Yeah, I mean obviously, I mean I'm happy with the the goal for obviously the youngster that played Alfie Devine. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much more you can ask for. Very professional. Uh, I think you know Daly Ali was good. He put in uh, two great balls for for uh, two goals scored. So you know, I think everything about it was was uh, was pretty uh, promising.
0: And um, as you said, Lucas Moore scored a free kick and um, got an assist. But I think the one player we got to talk about is Daly Alley. Now, it's obviously a lot of weeks we've talked about him possibly leaving. Um, okay, it was against Mourinho, but he looked absolutely brilliant. Gotta give him loads of credit for that. Do you think maybe now he's got some confidence back in in playing? Um, you know, for Tottenham, and he did play with a lot of first teamers. I think you put out what nine internationals. Okay, you didn't have Harry Kane, but you did have a lot of experience in that team. Do you think maybe this is a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of a wake up call in thinking he is quality and maybe getting Mourinho to play him a bit more?
2: Well you know Mourinho I believe has you know is had a bit of a change of uh, change of heart and he's said that he he intends to um maybe include him in his plans I'm not sure if this is reliable this is it was daily mail reported about it but um they said that you know he he could expect to to possibly be getting more premier league uh, minutes and he has gotten uh, more appearances on the bench as opposed to being dropped completely uh, recently but yeah, no, I, love, I think Dele is is fantastic uh, if, you know, used properly. And um, I definitely like to see him involved more, uh, you know, in the Premier League just regularly. I, I think he offers a lot and especially in front of goal, I think he can be very useful.
0: And he certainly did perform um, and uh, have a brilliant performance. And one player that was brilliant, he scored um, his first two goals within one yard. Maybe so. The first goal we we talked about it. Maybe he was a bit you know disrespectful. He went around the keeper and he smashed it in. Um, but nevertheless, his his performance was brilliant. Carlos Vincius, I think you signed him from Benfica. Was it on? For, was it Benfica you signed him for? Yeah, Benfica. On, is it permanent deal? I think it was as well. Didn't they say? Or was no, it's it loan? loan with option to buy. Loan with option to buy. But his his performances like that, and he's performed in Europa League. Um, you know a bit of a thing for Mourinho you know, that if Harry Kane does get injured or he's a bit out of form, that you have got uh, an in-form striker like um, yes who, OK, he scored against Marine, but, you know, it's, it's still a crucial three goals towards him and he scored in Europa League. Do you think that maybe he is a really good backup striker?
2: No, I think he is. I think he's really good. Uh, I mean, I think even the kind of goals he was scoring, that's exactly what you want a backup uh, striker to do. Um I think this third goal, especially, was a fantastic finish out of you know almost nowhere. I think uh, kind of a dink finish, chip finish. But um, yeah, I mean he's had a, only a few supporting roles in the Premier League, bring, uh, coming on later on. But um, you know Kane's injury worries have been kind of significant in the last couple of seasons. Obviously he usually misses a couple of months around this time in the season. So having a, a quality striker of uh, Vinicius, he was Benfica's top goal scorer last season um, having a, something like that to come in as opposed to you know last season when we had no strikers but then obviously Kane Anson got injured in the period last season so having a potential goal scorer to come in is, is incredibly useful.
0: Yeah two goals in uh, a the hat-trick sorry in 13 minutes um, as you said we'll talk about Marine now 160 places separated Marine and Tottenham the biggest Ever um, difference in an FA Cup tie as well they, as we said playing the eighth tier of English football um, and they did give Spurs the tie. To be fair, I think in Neil um, Ken, Kenny's um, 25-yard attempt and they definitely did keep Joe Hart um, on his toes a little. I don't think he was really con- concentrating there. Watching it in front of me now, is it hit the bar and come down? Um, he went up for corner. Did Marine give a good account for themselves? Do you think, um, Lloyd?
1: Uh yeah, I think they did. They had a really good chance at the star, like you said. Coming off the crossbar. Uh they did perform really well. Like you do like you look at the space team, you look at the quality they have, you look at the manager they have. I think Maureen did actually play really well, fair play to them. Do you and think if that the fans and on. the support was amazing too
0: as well. Oh, you talk about that. But do you think maybe if Marine, if that goal had gone in by Maureen um and he was a brilliant striker as well, maybe could we have had a cup upset and maybe extra time or penalties? Or do you think Tottenham would have continued, you know, and bounced back and put on maybe a few more goals?
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like they would have bounced back and well, just gone for it a bit more. But know, yeah, so, this, I mean, this is a Marine team. Mourinho's never beat this Marine team.
2: <laughs> yeah. Point. I mean, I and just... just to say, Son was an unused sub. So you'd imagine if were losing come uh, half time, you probably would have put Son on without any hesitation.
0: Oh yeah, and um and Bale as well. I think there was one stage that you bought Gareth Bale on for Daly Alley, which not is not a bad sub to have, is it? Considering, yeah. um, you know, you look at Mourinho. and and I think I'm gonna give a lot of credit to Jose Mourinho because he said he said it beforehand, he's very honest, and he told the BBC that if when Tottenham lose in the Premier League it's his fault, but if they lose today it's the players' fault. Um, you know, and, and to be fair to Mourinho he give it a lot of credit, he said in the interview beforehand he was going to start a strong team, and okay, he may have rested Harry Kane, as you said, Son was then you sub, but it was a really strong Spurs team, and he played it with a lot of respect, he said after that um, for Mourinho, he, he, I don't. I think that's the lowest team he's ever played, he said he's played against a few league or managed against a few league one and two teams, but I think he treated it with a lot of respect to him, I think a, a lot of credit does go to GLC, that He's put out a strong team. Some of these Marine players will, well, they'll probably never get a play with the likes of, of Gareth Bale again. And, and like Mourinho said, that they probably were dreaming of playing against Soko and, and Bale as well. And they got a play against him. And, you know, probably when they bought Bale on, they, instead of the manager was probably thinking, oh, no, this could get a bit more, um, a bit more embarrassing. Well, not, I wouldn't say embarrassing, but a few more goals on the scoreboard. But, you know, the players probably thinking, wow, we're playing against, Gareth Bale, you know, one of the best players in the world. I don't think he's one of the best players in the world. But, you know, one of the best players in recent years. He's one one of the best players. We'll we'll give him that. But, you know, I I think a lot of credit is to go to Mourinho on the way he treated it. Because any any other manager, um, you know, could quite easily start the under-18s or whatever and maybe... Disrespected a little, but I think Mourinho he's respected the club. He's been in you know the English game now since what 2004. He's been there with Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham, so he, he knows the heritage of of the cup and what it means to to teams like Mourinho. I think they they missed out on a hundred thousand pounds on um, on the money that they could not have from fans or whatever, but they managed to raise three hundred thousand in the end. They sold like virtual tickets, merchandise as well. they are or all kinds of things. Ian Wright with the the Marine beanie hat on as well. The, the beanie hat on as well. So, you know, I, I give a lot of respect to Tottenham. And I'm sure the Marine fans agree as well. And a lot of people agree as well. Their fans were brilliant when they had the Leighton Orient um, game called off. They raised a lot of money for them. Um, and they've done the same Marine. So, I, you know, I not only do I give a lot of credit to Jose and respect in it, um, but I give a lot of credit to Tottenham fans as well, that they've done brilliantly to support, um, you know, a brilliant cause. And I think the Marine chairman said after that, that keeps Marine going now, all the money they've raised for another 20 years now. A lot of non-league teams, were, you know, they are struggling at the minute, not just non-league, League One, League Two. We said on the EFL show that 10 EFL teams could possibly go out of business a few weeks ago. So... What it means for, for teams like that, okay, they they probably expected to get beat, you know, maybe 5-0. You know, they, a lot of respect for them, um, Marine players as well, but they may be a bit disappointed maybe for the defending of Deli Ali letting him run through on, on some of the goals. But I think definitely proud for their moments. And you've just got to look at some of the pictures as well. I think somebody tweeted that they were watching Garabale from, from their window, sticking their head out. Somebody with a, um, a cardboard cutout of Jurgen Klopp as well. Um it was a fan sitting on top of a garden shed literally what the other side of the fence with Jose Mourinho. So you know, it's it's moments like that that make the FA Cup as well. Um and one point we just wanna before we end, um, Harvey Devine, um, former Liverpool Academy player, signed from Wigan in um in Jul- July of this year actually. Um you signed him from, and he, I think he's the youngest Tottenham goal scorer now, 16 years and 163 days. How impressed were you when he came on, taking free kicks, and obviously taking his goal really well, man?
2: Yeah, very impressive. Uh, you know, obviously he's the youngest uh, Spurs appearance maker and scorer, and I think that speaks for itself. I think his goal as well was great, great confidence, and an incredible finish at the near post as well. So yeah, very, very good to see um, young players coming, in, uh, coming up uh, and doing well. Yeah
0: his first appearance for the club, and it was a, a brilliant goal from a tight angle. Um, as well, just before we go on to the last time, Sunday after the final whistle, Marine's players applauded the fans, obviously were in their houses um, as well, from their gardens they were as well. But I think another respect for Tottenham was both sector players were unable to shirt, uh, swap shirts because of COVID-19 protocols. So instead, Tottenham provided it, Marine players with um, a set of fresh shirts to keep as a a souvenir as well. I think that is um, brilliant as well. And I think Marine have put themselves, like a few residents of um, Marine said, that they've definitely put themselves on the map now. And um, good luck to them throughout their, um, I think, Northern Premier League season as well. So, you know, possibly we'll see them again in the FA Cup third round, hopefully in the next few years as well. But a brilliant day for them. And it was almost a cut upset. I felt they should have been at Newport Rodney Parade. It um, finished Newport 1, Brighton 1 after extra time and normal time as well, um, before Brighton 1, 4-3 on penalties. Solly March thought he won it for Brighton in the 90th minute. And then in the 96th minute, Newport got an equaliser after her own goal from Adam Webster. So the keeper had a shocker for that. Um, and then it went in and then Brighton won it 4-3 on penalties. Brighton goalkeeper Jason Steele went from villain to hero and saved four penalties um, as well. But, you know, I, I'm going to be a bit harsh on Jason Steele in, in goals year and the penalty shootout that it brilliant saves, you know, under pressure. But the Newport penalties, I, I from my view, are probably, they will, More worse penalties and good saves. They're pretty much all in the same direction, same corner. Good height for the goalkeeper, someone like Roy Keane, yeah? But at one point I did want to discuss it, and I said it, I honestly think there are five teams in the Championship that I think are better than Brighton at the minute. Norwich, Bournemouth, Swansea, Brentford, Watford. I think the way Newport played, and Alex agreed and I told him this point, I think Newport played better than some of the teams in the Championship as well. Do you think I'm a bit harsh on Brighton, Lloyd?
1: Uh, Yeah, I really like Brandon. Well, not only Brighton as a team, but Graham Potter as a manager. I think they play really good football and they create lots of lots of chances whilst defending really well. And I do really like the type of football they play and he's a really good manager. But I think they really lack a good finisher up front. Uh, They lack something to link together, the play, to finish off the chances and I think if they did have something like that, they would shoot straight up to like a mid-table prem team. But I think even potentially pushing for Europa. Like if you look at the underlying stats, they make they make loads of big chances, and they well they miss lots of them. They do lack a natural finisher. Like they tried to replace like Danny Welbeck, and it just hasn't really worked out. I think they need to go out and buy a striker, and then they'll do really well. And I think it is really hard to say that this championship club is better than them.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know, I've seen a lot of the championship. I, I, I don't know, it's hard to say, I wouldn't be surprised, if I, I don't know, it's, it's so tight this year, you know, they haven't won in a, in a long time in the Premier League, they got Man City up next, Fulham are starting to, to improve, okay, maybe West Brom are struggling a little, but I, I don't know, I think it's between maybe Fulham at the minute, Fulham and Brighton and possibly Burnley to see who goes down as well, but... Uh, was I a bit harsh on Jason Steele, the Brighton goalkeeper, as well, Max, considering he saved, what, four penalties from Josh Sheer and Mickey Dimitrio and Liam Sheppard and Scott Bennett?
2: Well, obviously, you've got to go the right way. And um, although they might be bad penalties, you know, you still have work to do to save them. Although I do believe, you know, he did make the mistake for the goal uh, that they conceded in the game, uh, which wasn't the greatest. Uh, he didn't exactly cover himself in glory for that. But I uh, know he made up quite well with uh, the saves for the penalties
0: yeah as well. I think uh, that was their first win in all competitions since November as well um, and Newport goalkeeper Tom King as well shout out to him he made some brilliant saves to keep um, Newport in it as well so his Newport couldn't do another upset that they've done in the League Cup and FA Cup they went up to Newcastle in the League Cup on penalties and they've gone out to Brighton unfortunately in um, in the third round of the FA Cup but definitely um, good luck to them in their League 2 charges Graham Potter said One final game then on Monday night, and it was almost probably the biggest upset it would have been of the round. Stockport against West Ham, it wasn't the greatest game. It got stopped in, what, the 20th minute because of fireworks. I've never seen that before. Probably that was the most entertaining bit of the match, really, the um, fireworks going off. But West Ham did just about go through on a wet and terrible pitch, really, and that was through Craig Dawson scoring late on to break Stockport parts were Stockport hard done by Lloyd uh
1: yeah, I think potentially, but I, I think it was really West Ham playing absolutely terrible, like i it was a terrible performance, really, and like you look at the line they put out, and it was quite good. I think they sort of the miles better. I think they were lucky to to progress to the next round, yeah,
0: I think you know, Stockport definitely give a good account for themselves again, another national league north side as well, so good luck to them. Um am bitly unlucky. Um I honestly got a one stage that they could possibly go through, but you know, it's heartbreak for Stockport. But like their man just said, they've taken a Premier League squad to what eighty eight minutes. Um so, you know, a lot of pride and pride, proudness from their fans as well. And the FA Cup fourth round draw is in. They actually did the fourth round and the fifth round draw yesterday. Um, Man City, no surprise, getting a easier draw again, which they all seem to do. They're playing away at Cheltenham, Bournemouth, Chorley, Swansea, Nottingham Forest. The tie of the round is no, you don't. I'll say this twice. Man United against Liverpool yet. Yeah. Man United have drawn Liverpool in the cup, um, which you know is probably the the biggest so game in a long time. The magic of the cup. The, ma- the magic of the cup. I think. Obviously, I said I'm not going to look ahead to the games. I think the week beforehand, we play Liverpool in the in the league as well. Southampton or Shrewsbury, because I got postponed on Saturday night due to positive tests in the Shrewsbury game, so they've got to decide whether they're going to rearrange it or who gets to buy through The winner of that will play at home to Arsenal. Barnsley, Norwich, chorley Wolves, Millwall-Bristol City, Brighton-Blackpool, Wickham at home to Tottenham at Adams Park. All-premier league clash between Fulham and Burnley. Sheffield United home to Plymouth, Chelsea at home to Luton, West Ham at home to Doncaster, Brentford at home to Leicester and Everton at home to Sheffield Wednesday. So one of the ties there, if Cardiff had gone through, they could have been away at Swansea, which um, Alex was definitely gutted about and fellow Swan- uh, Cardiff fans on social media were as well. But in the fifth round, it's um, Fulham or Burnley against Bournemouth or Crawley. Man United or Liverpool will play at home to West Ham or Doncaster. Sheffield United or Plymouth will play at home to Millwall or Bristol City. Chorley or Wolves are at home to Southampton, Shrewsbury or Arsenal. So possibly Chorley could be playing against the 14-times winners. Arsenal, another possible non-league game for, for Arsenal if you beat Southampton or Shrewsbury and Chorley beat Wolves. Barnsley or Newcastle at home to Chelsea or Luton. Everton or Sheffield Wednesday are playing at home to Wickham or Tottenham. Another easier tie for Man City, really. Swansea or Nottingham, Forest are at home to Cheltenham or Man City. And then Brentford or Leicester will play at home to Brighton or Blackpool. And I say that it's an easier tie for Man City. They've got to beat Cheltenham first um, as well. So hopefully the magic of the cup will come through there. The fourth round ties will be played on the weekend of the 23rd to 24th of January, while the fifth round will follow tradition like it's been doing the past two seasons, will be played midweek between the 9th and the 11th of February. So that'll be, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, possibly Monday, like I think Arsenal played Portsmouth last year on, on a Monday part of that game week. So I want to ask you a quick question. Um, think Alex did come on the show today. He said in the FL show that he was very passionate about the FA Cup Um, and, you know, how teams... And he said to me beforehand that he was really surprised and he was proud, really, that a lot of the big teams and the Premier League teams put out strong teams and you just got to look at Man City for that instance. OK, for example, Man United put out a few fringe players as well. But, but what does... We'll start off with you, Matt. What's the FA Cup mean to you? Is it something you see as, like, a priority, as something you look forward to or is it just a hindrance and, you know, you never look forward to it?
2: I definitely look forward to it. I mean, the only thing... I mean... Obviously, I think it's, you know, uh, even more so seeing as obviously Spurs are kind of in desperate need of a trophy. And I think FA Cup, is, the FA Cup is kind of one of those trophies that you obviously is a good opportunity for, you know, those not challenging for the league to get a trophy. Um, I think, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in, uh, cultural importance of what is it, the oldest club competition in the yeah. world. So yeah, it's, it's clear how important it is for the English game. And, um, you know, I'd kill for Spurs to win it. I'd much rather over you know a league cup, so you know I think it's a very good competition. And the only reason I never want to think about downplaying it is because Arsenal have won the most of them. So, <laughs> um,
0: Lloyd, what does it mean for you? Obviously, as Max said, you've won it record 14 times. Is it something you look forward to, or is it like one fan described it on Talksport? It's a bit like an international break where you know it's, it's not enjoyable.
1: Uh no I love it. It's it's arguably the best trophy in the world, rated higher than the Champions League trophy by Sam. Uh, and <laughs> I, I love it really. Uh it's, it's great, you know, like it, it's a break it, it like it is kind of like a break from the league. I do get that view. But it's a chance for trophies who don't normally win it's a it's a chance for teams who don't normally win trophies to go and win a trophy. I, I think it's really good. It, get, it gets all the lower teams involved, which is obviously great, the magic of the cap. And then it does provide a nice chance of the end to win trophies. Like it is the oldest trophy in English football. And I, I do really like the competition.
0: Are you, are you pleased that some of the bigger teams like Man City, out the top six, are, are treating it with more respect now? And, you know, from, for teams like Marine, they want to play against these better players. So do you think it's, it's pleasing that these big teams are finally playing like stronger teams unlike previous years
1: Uh, yeah definitely like there's no reason why any teams like go out play their under 18s in the FA Cup like it's like it's still a very well respected trophy and and it is a trophy at the end of the day anyway you get good prize money from winning it You you get a Europa League spot from winning it like I think teams should be trying way harder to win this
0: Yep, yeah, but we discussed an interesting point on the FL show um, about the FA Cup and it being devalued. And, and we made, me and Alex made a great point that the Premier League has killed the FA Cup a little in terms of back in the day, or so you remember it much more than that And they said it on, on Talksport in the call as well, that it was bigger than, believe it or not, the European Cup. Now, they had a few people our age, 17, 18, 16, that, you know, a lot of people, one fan said that. It was a bit like an international break, and they didn't enjoy it at all, and they've never remembered an enjoyable FA Cup third round. You know, when fans were allowed, I used to love going to FA Cup games with Man United, Newport, Cardiff, Derby, whoever. Um, You know, back in when you could have fans and enjoy yourself. But do you think that we discussed the main point that maybe a an FA Cup spot could have a Champions League if you win the FA Cup could have a Champions League. Do you think that'd be a bit more of an incentive to the teams maybe like Arsenal or Man United or Man City if they don't or Liverpool or Tottenham or Chelsea if they don't make the, the Champions League or even like a Leicester or an Everton?
1: Well I think it would be an absolutely huge incentive, but I think it is a bit too much. Because if you give the Champions League swelling I mean you're gonna to have to take the spot away from fourth place. So I think I think you I don't know, I I don't think it'd be a good idea but it like it is interesting to talk about. I think you see a lot more teams playing playing a stronger team really in the cup if you can guarantee that.
0: Yeah, so I think, I I, you know, I love the ethic. I think sometimes it's it's more entertaining than the Champions League and Premier League especially when you know you have some dull games at 0-0. Things. Exactly, extra time count. I think do you, do you think that when Life does return to normal, and the the fixtures not as busy. Do you think that watching this format this weekend, and Newport and Brighton, for example, Burnley MK Dons, that they'll keep the extra time or penalties, or do you think they'll they'll take it back to replays? Uh,
1: I I hope they keep. Uh, I don't know. So on one hand, like a team like a Marine, say they pulled off a draw this week, and had to have a replay, that basically yeah. doubles all the income they're about to I receive.
0: Agree. So but if do you it's think. A player, but do you think maybe they could do a league cup and straight to penalties, or do you prefer the extra time?
1: Uh, I love the extra time as well. It's great. Uh, is it, well, when your team's not playing in extra time, is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's the most stressful thing ever if your team's playing. But when it's not, it's the best because everything goes out the window. It's just both teams run so the hardest they can to score. Like forgetting about defending, forgetting about tactics tactics and they're all just going for it it's great entertainment and it's great to watch but I think it is the most stressful thing in football of it being is
2: final it also does decrease the possibility of like an upset so if it goes straight to pens it's more likely that a lower league team is going to be you know like a prem team for example
0: yeah replays you don't really see that the cup upset Newport fears go against Tottenham but I think it's definitely enjoyable when your team wins an extra time like Arsenal did on the weekend um, as well, I think, you know, on the FA Cup, got brilliant, probably the best ever. I've been to a lot of football games, fortunately, and I think the, one of the best games I ever went to was in the FA Cup. I mean, the second round a few years ago, Worcester City against Scunthorpe. Um, they drew a non league team away, well, they league one at the time, drew after normal time in both games, and then Scunthorpe won 14 13 on penalties. It went on to about quarter past quarter to midnight because uh caught to eleven and you know eleven o'clock because it was a big injury. Um I think thirty-five penalties were taken thirty-four penalties were taken in in our shootout as well. I think it's the record for an FA Cup penalty shootout. But you know it brings it brings good memories like that. Like I had a, a the non league team and Marine have uh, had against Tottenham, you know, club memories that people will never forget that you know you won't get week in, week out in playing in in your league maybe and um, you know, actually win a league title um, as well. Then we'll quickly talk about the League Cup semi-finals. Tottenham won on what was it Tuesday now against Brentford two nil goals from Musa Soko and Humen Son sealed Tottenham to um, was it a final in a long well since the Champions League final now, but I can't remember two thousand eight. I think your your first domestic your last domestic final was. Do you think you'll go on and win it now quickly, Max?
2: Well, I mean, I certainly hope so, seeing that we've uh, already beaten Man City so far this season. But um, you know, Man City look a lot stronger now. Uh, but uh, hopefully, you know, with Mourinho uh, and the players, you know, without any, without any injuries or anything like that, I think we do definitely have the capability to. And I'm really, 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 really hope we do.
0: How good is it to have an EFL um, team in the semi-finals, Lloyd? We thought we were uh, a few years ago. Now Brentford now.
1: But it's the best. Like it's exactly what you want really in the cap. Like it's 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 what the cap stands for, really.
0: Yeah, it was brilliant header from Sissoka, it was brilliant finish from Son for the second as well. Ivan Tony was been in brilliant form for Brentford, he had a goal ruled out because his what was it? The edge of his boot was offside. Um, I think it's one of the first time VAR has been used in, in the League Cup as well, but he was harsh but offside as well and he missed a brilliant chance in the 49th minute and they could have had a penalty if um, one of their players went down and you know Sergi Panios could have had a back post in if Tony left as well so they definitely did have their moments but they also did go down to 10 men because ex-Arsenal player Josh de Silva who put them through against Newcastle got um, a red card so I think it's the worst challenge I think I've seen this season as well um, and he was checked by VAR and uh, Mike Dean went straight off to the monitor and and give it as well. And I think Pierre Emil Hobby wanted to continue, didn't he? But um after his bleeding leg but Mourinho said he, he had to come off um as well. And then the final semi final we won't talk about in match was uh, Manchester Derby. Man City won away at Man United two nil. John Stone scored a lucky goal off his stomach. I'm I'm not having that it was a good finish. He wasn't it was a brilliant ball in poor defending. Um, and then Fernandinho scored a brilliant goal, actually, in the 83rd minute, but Man City threw. Um, we almost scored after two minutes after um, American goalkeeper Zach Stefan was um, in because Edson had to isolate. Um, it was a bit of a muddle-up between him and Stone's a back pass. Um, and then Rashford was offside. And then, you know, there was loads of goals were that offside. Gundogan Adwood in the fourth minute and then Fernandez should have scored in the ninth minute. Um, Stefan made a save to Boiner at the post and the 13th, Foden as well, in the offside goal. Um, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's another cup defeat and semi-final defeat under Sochard. Yes, All I'm saying is good job, Alex, wasn't you, really, for the mick-taking. But it's the first goal we conceded in the, the Carabao Cup this season as well. But you know, Man City were the better. I don't think we were that bad. I think Man City were, were brilliant as well. Stones was brilliant. Diaz was got to be one of the signings of the season, um, really uh, as well. So, and a city
2: in the League Cup, they are like automatically ten times better than they usually are.
0: Yeah, oh yes, yeah. so it's the Man City Cup effect. Well, they've yeah. been for the last five years now, and it four years now, but. Yeah, you know, they were they were better than us on the day as much as the the rivals to us fair play to them and um hopefully Tottenham beat them in the final so um as well and just before we end the Premier League um was it blank game week we effectively called it this week because there's only a handful of teams that are playing um it does get a bit complicated for um, Wednesday fixtures but we'll we'll try and out, and out for you. So on Tuesday then, today as we film this, Sheffield United play Newcastle 6 o'clock on Sky Sports. And as we film, I can currently tell Sheffield United 1-0 up with four minutes to go. So hopefully um, we won't tell you the conclusion that you have to wait till the show. And then Man United, we could possibly go top for the first time since Alex Ferguson was in charge. If we get a point against Burnley, preferably three points would do going into that Liverpool game. We play at quarter past eight. Um, Same time as Wolves play Everton All all three of them are on Sky Then Monday, uh, Wednesday can't say my days of the week Man City played Brighton at 6 o'clock on BT And then he was supposed to be Tottenham v Fulham on Amazon Prime at quarter past 8 Sorry, he was supposed to be Tottenham v Aston Villa uh, Aston Villa against Tottenham, sorry, it's confused me now on Wednesday at quarter past eight, but due to positive tests and the Aston Villa squad again, obviously they had to play their under-18s against Liverpool. Fulham have really harshly had to step in with 48 hours notice, which Mourinho wasn't happy with about Fulham and Scott Parker was fuming himself. So they stepped in and that's at quarter past eight on Wednesday and then Arsenal Crystal Palace on Thursday at eight o'clock, another Thursday game for for Arsenal on Sky as well. Um, Which means Fulham beat Chelsea, which was meant to be on Friday, moves to Saturday. And Aston Villa-Everton moves from Saturday to um, Sunday as well. So hopefully that hasn't complicated it like it complicated it for me Um, as well. So we'll be back to talk about them um, midweek games after there. Hopefully Man United go top of the league. But a massive thank you to Lloyd and Max. As I said, we'll be back um, this week to talk about, hopefully for Sheffield United, uh, a victory that they can hang on to die in minutes and as you said Man United table topping and possibly another Arsenal victory but thank you for listening and playing you out is Little Mix's fifth number one Sweet Melody thank you for listening and goodbye Life, there was this boy that I knew. He made me feel like a woman. We were young and stale fools, anyway. He was in the band, roll of songs about me. I
3: wasn't crazy about the words but the melodies were sweet. When someone like do 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 Many chances push my keys too many times Anyway, he's got an engine up and I'll be on my way to leave But I stopped in my tracks when I heard this melody And it
0: went like